My first rifle was a 243. Papa gave daddy and daddy gave to me. And they taught me how to shoot with a steady hand. I guess that's something you don't understand. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of All American Wing Shooting Podcast. We have the one and only Brad Errington at Mossy Palm Retrievers today. What's up? Thank you. I will tell you that I think my most listened podcasts are when it's all about the dogs. I like it. That, that's what we do here at Mossy Pond. It's all about the dogs for sure. I know. I have been there a few times and I never want to leave. <laughs> we have a it's lot a of paradise problems. for people and dogs. I get the question all the time, Brad, do you really play play with dogs for a living? I said, that's exactly what we do trailers full of them that's right that's right Uh, and not just any dogs you guys um have been in the business so long that you get you get some amazing dogs like consistent amazing dogs yeah um we 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 have been blessed in that department for sure and um but everybody asks me what's your favorite dog brad what's your favorite color what's your favorite breed i just like a good dog um, you know, there's, there's good and bad in every breed, every color, but a good dog, a well-trained dog, you can't beat them. And I, well, coming from the horse world, like I was always a sucker for a dark bay and I was riding with a trainer and he's like, there's no bad color on a good horse. That, uh, he, he's got <laughs> a mouthful. I, I'll yeah. agree with that. I, 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 I try to look inside of them instead of their color and don't get me wrong. There's some beautiful dogs on the property, but, um, there was a, one of one of my best dogs I ran in the field trial world. Bless her heart. Whew, she was hard to look at, but when she ran, <laughs> she was easy to look at. Oh, and and I am a sucker for a cute dog, but I come from a different <laughs> background, right? Like I do, I do love. I'm I'm obsessed with Axel because he is gorgeous. Like he is so easy to just stare at. He's extremely photogenic. That's for sure. Yeah, and he loves it, and. I'm so excited. I was so excited when Carter volunteered to bring him to SRS so he could hang out with me for the day because I was like, oh, I've been on the, <laughs> the trainer side and I don't want to be that needy like pet owner, but could you just bring him so I could just love on him for a little while? And so I didn't even have to ask. I didn't even have to ask. It was awesome. So we, we got to spend the day with him. That was so sweet. And you just took him out to Reno and filmed with Chad, did some um, Foul Life Yukonuba stuff out there, and I hate I missed it. That was amazing. That that country out there, you know, I'd been out there um, visiting with Chad and working several times, but we really hadn't went. And um, he, the place he took us to do the shots, I mean, it, it looked like it was fake. It looked like it was on a movie somewhere. That's that's some of the most beautiful country I've ever seen in the, in the country. Oh, well, I totally missed the South when I was out there for uh, like seven months straight. I'm, I missed the South because there's not a lot of water. Like you got really lucky to be on that piece of property. But Tater always says like she felt like she was in a John Wayne movie out there. <laughs> That's right. It does feel that way. Yeah. Well, I didn't get to spend a lot of time running dogs because the heat out there is crazy, which, I mean, you got there right before. Was there still snow on the mountains? 
There was. It, it, I'm telling you, it was absolutely, it, it looked like something in a movie. It was beautiful. Snow on the mountains, but, um, you know, I think the weather in the morning was 60 degrees and warmed up about 80. It was, it was perfect. It was beautiful. Axel was jumping around, bouncing around, cool weather, because down here in Georgia, you know, we've been warm for a couple months now. So yeah. uh, we were, we were loving it. I know it was crazy to be like swimming in the pool and look up and see snow on the mountains. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah it, like it, getting a tan swimming in the pool and snow on the mountains. That is crazy. Georgia. You don't get that in Georgia. No, not at all. Well, that was super cool. And he just flies so easy, don't he? Oh, he, he walks in there just, I mean, of course we, we went through that rig Moreau when he was a pup on his obedience training i wanted it elite um obedience training for when chad with the big with the the circus that he brings out into the out into the duck blind um with all the people the camera crew and everything i wanted his um obedience program remarkable and so when we walk on the plane we, we had already done that a thousand times um you know in in public baseball fields soccer fields um, tractor supply, stuff like that, Bass Pro Shop. So, yeah, he, he walks right there, sits down under your feet and goes to sleep and like, a, like an old pro. Well, I love that you're sharing this, not to brag about him, but just to expose people to what their dog is capable of doing because he is a rock star in the field. And, I've and you know, like they there's a lot of dogs that are usually like really, really great hunters or really great test dogs, and he – I would say has more strength on the hunting side, but he's been able to hang in there on the test side as well. And yeah, he makes such a good family dog snuggles, like sleeps in the bed with us. Like just the kids love him. If we're on the road, he'll sleep on the couch with Tater or in her room, wherever the lodge, you know, provides or whatever. I mean, he really has become a superstar at everything. Well, when we, when we started that, um, when, Chad told me what he wanted and what the, what the goal was, you know, we wanted a competition dog, a great hunting dog, but we wanted a dog that could turn it off around camp and be that family dog and be around the, you know, especially all the cooking and the other stuff. There's, there's a lot more to the show and a lot more to what Chad does than actually pulling the trigger on the ducks. So um, that was our goal from before we even planned the breeding till the breeding happened till we got Axel, the whole shooting match. So the stars lined up for us and it worked out. He's, he's pretty incredible dog. That's for sure. Well, I love that you bring that up because when people ask me or they'll call me, message me, I'm looking for a puppy for this. And I'm like, okay, well, you need to figure out what trainer is producing the dog that you want and go to them and find out what breeding, what genetics is going to give you what you're looking for. And you really do have to work backwards like that to have the highest percentage of getting what you're looking for. Oh, sure. And there, there's great dogs out. I mean, I got some obedience dogs. They're just, I mean, just amazing. Somebody uh, around the lodge or kicking the fire. We, we have that dog up here where people can love on the dog. And I mean, he, he's never too much. He doesn't lick you, but he's close enough that you can pet him and touch him, but um, he's not aggravating. If you're cooking food, he's not going to beg. Um, and then, but you take him out in the field trial world or the hunt test world and he's, he's not very good or vice versa. I got some field trial dogs out here to watch them trial and watch them run. I mean, it, it'll blow your mind. 
but heaven forbid you put that dog in the law. <laughs> um, so, um, I, I think we hit the best of both worlds with Axel. And, um, I, I think that's a great point when somebody's going to look, um, at, at a pup, they need to really do the research and find out what, what is most important. You know, we get all, all kind of people all the time. All, all our customers call them, um, Brad, I want a good gun dog. I want a good gun dog. I said, all right, well, tell me about yourself. Tell me what you do. You know, how old are you? How much hunting do you do? And all they talk about is a gun dog. And then they come back and tell me they dove hunt twice a year. And I said, what you need is a really good, obedient dog that's going to perform in the dove field for you is what you need. Or, or that guy that says, well, we go to Arkansas for seven days um, in December, but um, that's really all the hunting we're going to do. Well, if and that's, that's so hard. Like, that's hard yeah. to have the dog they want and know they're only going to go one time a year. Yep. 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 Well, life's busy. Um, probably 90% of our customers are, are that guy that has a family he or, or a lady that has a family. They're busy with life. They're at baseball games, soccer games, whatever they're at the lake, whatever their activities are on and off the boat but they want the dog to perform in the duck hole or um, dove hunting or pheasant hunting that once or twice, two times a year, but 340 days out of the year, they're going to <laughs> That be dog has no manners. <laughs> Mind your manners around the house. You know, okay, so that brings up a, a huge point of what you guys offer. So not only are you producing dogs, whether it's through your breeding program or through your training program, but your hunt club offers people not to have to drive all the way to Arkansas or not have to pay a fortune to go to some, you know, fancy lodge way out west with all the time, all the travel, everything. They can literally get away for a weekend multiple times throughout the season and get their dog on ducks at your place with a dog trainer with a dog trainer. Yeah. That, yeah I mean, that's yeah, like that, a bonus. You know, at the beginning, when I first started training dogs, I wanted a place that trains every aspect of the game. Um, so if that's obedience, just in and around the house, like what we just discussed or the gentleman's gun dog, which is probably 90% of our clientele that's good in and around the house but can go out and perform in the field or the serious duck hunter that spends 50 to 60 days in the duck blind and he dove hunts and then he goes pheasant hunt or quail hunt. Um, or the, then the guy that follows the game, the guy that follows the hunt test game or the trial game. And, um, so after we basically conquered that, then we got into the, the hunting side, you know, I won't, we, we, we can shoot five different species here and everything's killed or shot or um, done with dogs. And um, that's what we have done. No matter what kind of hunting you do, upland, flushing, pointing, retrieving, baying with the hog dogs. I mean, everything that you can do, we, we do it right here and you can do it with your dog. You can have your dog trained. Plus you can um, come out and hunt with us. Plus, you can do it with the trainer that trains your dog, and he can show you the do's and don'ts, um, help you how to correct the dog, how to make the dog the most efficient for what you've paid for, where they they look good on our brand and they don't embarrass the guy in front of his buddy. Yeah, exactly, because I preach this all the time, and the listeners are probably sick and tired of hearing this, but it's so true. It doesn't matter what aspect of the industry you're in. You don't know what you don't know. 
Exactly. Yeah. 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 We're, um, we, we, me and Chad talked about that, you know, um, I'm not the best on a duck call. Um, I think he is amazing on a duck call, but, um, flip the rolls with the dogs and both of us, <laughs> both of us have duck hunted our whole life. And, um, I'm good enough to get by on a duck call and he's good enough to get by as a dog handler. <laughs> Um, he helps me with the duck call and I help him with the, with the dog training. Yeah. Well, and it, and it makes a big difference too, when you got a dog that takes care of you, because my first trip to, um, snow goose camp, which I don't know that you know this, but it would have been over a year ago. Right. Second day. I went once, got my feet wet. I was like, okay, I figured this out. Like, this is good. This is easy. You know, there's no call in here. I can handle this. Second day, he's like, I'm going to stay at the Lodge Rotator. I'm going to send you with Axel and the camera crew. And you're just going to host all these people. I was like, okay, I got this. So, of course, I'm not going to back down, right? And I love telling you this story because you've opened so many doors for me in the waterfowl world, like, tons not even realizing it i actually had just uh podcasted yesterday with pete at dogtra and you uh-huh. make the introduction for me too but we were there. Guy. yeah he's great we were there in nebraska and i went out with axel and i never ever get mistreated by guys in the industry i mean never and i've built my whole platform career with strangers you know and and for some reason the guys in the other pit wanted to pick on the only chick there with the (laughs) only um like i I was the only one with a dog that wasn't the guide right and i'm like why don't want to pick on me you know like okay so i'm like i know what i got i don't have a relationship with him but i can trust him to do his job you know and then i was like tearing it up i'm like let me let me just get your geese for you you know like yeah it was so awesome and he did so good for me um he is a force to be reckoned with it is literally like driving a sports car with him you know and it's um that's just something you can't put into words when you get behind a dog like that that you gotta handle but you still gotta let him do his own thing because he's got the skills himself and Mm. it was so cool and then to have it all on camera but i mean they were like well, here's a single coming in. Let the chick get it, you know, on the, on, <laughs> on the, like, the, hilarious. Um, yeah. And, and I'm like, okay, I got this. And then I'm like, okay, hold on. Let, let me get my dog out. Let me, let me let my dog go get it too. And so I'll never forget that because I was, sold they, out. They, won't, they won't forget it either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they weren't really nasty but you know i mean you can be kind of sensitive to that when you already feel like yeah i know i belong here but you know that i don't know them they're strangers but i love the dog part of it because it has been the one thing that connects people from completely different backgrounds and i've made so many friends and it's always the dogs that break the ice and there's nothing better than showing up with a dog that turns people's heads and my short hair's one of them especially is one of those dogs. Like you say, like she's a crazy performer in the field, but if she gets mad, like she can be quite vindictive and, um, and cause some problems in the house when you turn your head, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, it just takes your hunting to a whole new level when you know, you can trust your dog and your dog's going to make you look good. 
Well, it's just like what you made the example with those guys. I mean, um, the dog is a conversation piece. It, it broke the ice and it, you and him make a good team and you running him there. I mean, you got respect right out of the gate and he can help you and you can help him. I mean, um, I, I'll be honest, if it wasn't for my first dog, Bo, and it had nothing to do with my training ability, if it wasn't for my first dog, Bo, to be um, God sent, um, and he was just a he was just a different dude. He he could do it. He always made me look good. All the relationships that he brought me, all the people that came up to me, shook my hand, and they would have never done that if it wasn't for that dog. And that that's how I got into this game. And I was like, gosh, this guy respects me, and you know he's talking to me because of my dog. Yeah. And I said, I, I guess that's good. Uh, that's good. <laughs> Kind of hurts my feelings, man. I shot pretty good. I thought I thought I called pretty good, but they're wanting to talk to me because of my dog. But um, it 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 opens a he opened a lot of doors for me and uh, built a lot of relationships because people saw him. And if it wasn't for that single individual dog, I'd have never got into this. I, I had a I, I was a um, electrician at the railroad, uh, making good money right here in Waycross, Georgia, and. Um, but I was getting so many phone calls and so many people um, talking to me about this training thing that I didn't even know that was a profession. That got oh, I love in. that. I've never heard this story. Oh, yeah. It was, it was crazy. You know, I just got him. He was chocolate pup. Got him right um, out of high school, and I trained him up, and I just hunted a lot, just an avid outdoorsman. But um, had our little life down here, and um, me and Miss Ellen, and I had my dog and, but everybody, I, and then it got where everybody was calling us for, um, to, to get to pick up the ducks. Cause in South Georgia, there's not many, there weren't many duck dogs. Cause not many people duck hunt. Yeah. So, um, Bo was just a different, uh, he was a different dude. He, he worked hard and always turned heads. He was a stylish dog, but good in and around camp and in and around the house. So everybody loved him and, uh, people would know his name before they'd know mine. I mean, oh, uh, I love it. A lot of my buddies would call me and said, "Hey, you know, this is pretty funny. You gonna like this?" Uh, Mr. Joe from Brunswick called and said, asked if you wanted to go duck hunting. He said he didn't remember your name, but he said make sure and bring both. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that that the dog made the difference for you because it did for me too. I had no idea that you could build a career in the outdoor world. You know teaching shooting lessons or hosting and just introducing women to the outdoors. Like I have, I was just like you, I became obsessed with it and believe it or not, ducks unlimited is what really put a shotgun in my hand in Georgia, right? Like it, this whole story should have never happened, but yeah. DU is so strong here and it's full of an amazing network of some of the greatest people that we, you know, could call our friends. I know that they're probably really good to you too. And it's just such a strong connection of people that look after each other. They've been so good to my kids, everything. So Georgia DU is um, what launched everything. And I was the short hair snob and I publicly trash talked labs. And now all my short hair friends are like, you've moved to the dark side. I'm like, well, uh -oh. I ain't never coming back. Like I love <laughs> my short hairs, but there was something totally different. And you know, what's so crazy about it. I did not get my attitude check until I went to South Dakota. South Dakota trip, my first trip there, 
I ran with labs up there on pheasants. And I tell you what, now that was the pivotal moment in transforming my entire like rest of my life, like up until now, but definitely like even going forward because I know I'll never forget like standing in the field and like, you got to keep moving, right? Like that dog ain't going on point and waiting on me to get there. I just stood there and I was like, this is what I've been missing. Like I wasn't a duck hunter, right? So the, the lab in Georgia didn't bring me any value. But when I got up there, I was like, my dogs could never do this. They can sit in the truck the rest of the week. Like this is fire. And and I'll just, I'll never forget that. And then having the opportunity to live with a lab in the house. Oh my God. Like that was, that changed the game for me. And then having kids, it gave Hallie Joe complete independence so much earlier. Yeah. And I know you have a son that's probably a complete rock star. I hate that we haven't got to spend time with him when we come down, but um, yeah, like it was just so awesome. It was so awesome for me. And I'm just like, yeah, move to the dark side. The, the, the labs are, um, you know, I think one of the smartest, smartest breeds, um, smartest large breed there is out there. But um, I love my pointers too. And I love my um, short hairs. You know, I ran something else I bet you didn't know. I ran short hair hunt test or bird dog hunt test with short hairs for four years before I ever ran a hunt test, a trial with a in the retriever side. So, no um, way. And yeah. I was doing UFTA with yeah. my hairs down south before I got into the retriever stuff, too. Yep. Yep. Short hairs. I had a um, short hair named Luke and um, a buddy of mine owned a, a female named Katie. And I ran them from the time they were a year old all the way to their 12. And I would guide hunts full. I mean, I, I, I full-blown half-day quail hunt <clears throat> probably four or five months out of the year with just two dogs. And <laughs> you um, can. They, <laughs> they, they, they stayed um, inside. Luke did. Katie stayed with my buddy Jim. And um, I guided and guided and guided. He guided with them. And th those dogs, they would – a lot of people, what I – when I tell the story, they, they don't believe me, but they would literally, they would quarter. I mean, they, I'd look at them. They, we did it so much. I mean, I could just look away and they would know exactly where to go. They would point. We'd walk up there. I'd get the hunters ready. They would flush. Birds would flush. They would go, they would, um, whoa again, stop. Um, they wouldn't be on point cause they would move after they flushed. They would stop. They'd shoot them down. You'd go up, tap them on the head. They'd make the retrieves, come back, deliver the heel. Um, it, it was the coolest thing in the world. And I got a lot of, our, of my customers because of those two, those two short hairs in the retriever world. Um, but it was funny how it all worked out because I was a nut about short hairs. I, I was <laughs> more crazy about the short hairs than I was the labs but the thing just evolved over into the retriever game. I love that. Like we still have mercy and Dolly, which has been my two, like I've had multiples, but those were our girls, right? Like the rest of them were to put on the trailer for competition or to raise up to sell, um, whatever their positions are like 
purpose was. But those two, I, and I think, okay, after they're gone, like it'll break my heart. But I may just have to call Benny and just start borrowing short arrows from Prairie Wild. I pick them up on my way west or something because Littles has made my life so easy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. And it all goes back to the fact that Mercy was my first and I got a dog with a big, big motor. And I, you know, and I know there's different genetics out there where you can get, you know, the couch potato short hair. I know they exist, you know, and I, I get that, but. I love the retriever world. And we were just with Carter at SRS University. So that was hosted in South Georgia this last weekend. And Carter was there with some of the top ranked dogs in SRS right now. And these kids were awesome. It was so cool for me. And me and Taterbug went. And then I took a family friend who she will be a freshman at, um, at North Georgia University this fall. And I'm like, you will love this. She always takes care of my dogs when I'm out of town. So, but you got to see it so we can get you involved with Mossy Pond and be prepared because this is a win or lose game. You know, this isn't one where everybody yeah. gets gets a um, gets a ribbon at the end of the day. So we went and we, oh my God, it was freezing cold, believe it or not, and pouring down rain the whole time. But those kids that ran for Mossy Pond this weekend had no dog background. And they gave their heart and soul and they never gave up. And it was the worst conditions they could have been in. It was so much fun to watch the parents get so excited. And I told them, I was like, y'all just get ready because your college bills just doubled. They will, they will want one of these dogs. Now that's right. Yeah. Now, I, I think it's amazing. And, you know, in our game, there's a lot of old timers that do what we do. And um, there, there's not many young guys coming up. And if you notice the the guys that I train and apprentice under me, and um, we, we spend a lot of time with the younger generations trying to get them more involved where, where our game doesn't die. Because um, I do believe it's getting more difficult and harder and harder to hunt and to be in the outdoors and just the game of um, going to the hunt test, going to the SRS, going to the field trials with your dog. You don't have to be a hunter. You can, you can enjoy your dog and play the games with them. And um, that, that's what I, I try to preach and educate everybody that comes around. You don't have to be the best duck caller. You don't have to be the biggest and best um, goose hunter and know how to build the spread and everything. It, it, you can play these games with your dog and you can live in a subdivision. You can live right there. You don't have to have a bunch of acreage to play these games and to train and uh, go out and um, just like a baseball player in high school. And, you know, he, he hits off the tee every day, hits in the cage every day. You can do the same exact thing with your dog. And it, it's, it's a being, it's a, it's a living, breathing thing that um, you can bond with and share a relationship with. And um, I, I just think it's the coolest thing in the world. And of course that's why I, I get more geeked up about the dog games than I do going hunting. That's and right. that's that, I mean, I really do because you cannot put into words the feeling of the partnership that you have with the dog when they know, like it's a whole new level of teamwork when you, when they know it counts, like, I mean, not that hunting doesn't count, but there's a whole nother environmental pressure that they feel and they just get geeked up about it. Yeah. And then nobody really talks about the, like the social aspects of the dog games and the families that you build with, with all the people that are there and the tailgating and the cookouts and building memories and all this stuff. I mean, you build the best friends with the gun dog people. 
No, no doubt. You know, the looking back at the relationships and the friends and people that um, Ellen and I are friends with and the relationships that we've built through a dog is, it's unbelievable. It's almost like it's scary. What if I didn't get into this thing? Would I, I wouldn't even know these people. And yeah. I mean, they're like family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, a dog brought us to a lot of people, met a lot of, made a lot of relationships, built a lot of relationships, met a lot of people through the years that um, we're just extremely blessed. And it's kind of crazy that it came from a dog. I know that's what I think about too. And, and then all the support that I've had, because I've done all the training on my dog up to this point. And so she's going to have to come down and be finished because I want to go to the next level. I told Carter though, I said, listen, you know, I'm one of those people like everybody else. Like our dog's so special. You know, my dog's so special. Well, I said, here's the deal. Okay. I don't care how special she is. She ain't staying on your trailer for the next five years. <laughs> I said, she's going to get her, all of her tools put on her. And then I want her to come back home and I want to do it myself. And yes. I told her, I was like, you just give me your schedule and we'll show up. But I would, I would love to run her myself and then let Hallie Joe do it and, and just do it as a family, even though it it won't maximize her potential as much as it would be for a pro handling her. And I value that. Like there's nothing like having a pro put the tools on your dogs because there's always going to be holes in the system. And I've been around this every single day for a few years. I mean, I've taken this last year off, but that I like, I learned enough to know I can't do it myself. Yeah, that's right. And you, you know, um, a lot of people don't know this, but the I, I built this first lodge here on the property and it was exactly for what you just said. Uh, we would train these great dogs. I mean, just kill it in the hunt test game, kill it in the trial game, kill it in the field. But when, when the owner would come, they would take them and bless their hearts, it was a train wreck. <laughs> The, the guy or the lady would call me and um, explain it to me. And I'm like, um, you got to come spend some time. Well, I didn't have a lodge. So they'd come out and the weather elements, whether it was blistering hot or it was freezing cold or raining, they wouldn't spend much time with me. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? And I went home and told Miss Ellen, I said, I'm going to build a lodge and I'm going to build a place where they can come. They'll sleep. They'll stay on the property. And they'll spend, you know, a lot of time with their dog, with me as the trainer and learning how to operate this. This is the only way to secure my brand. I said, if I keep sending these great dogs home, telling them how great they are, but it's a train wreck when they go for a walk into their neighborhood or when they go um, duck hunting, Um, we got to fix that part. We got to teach this owner how to handle this dog. And that was the original reason why we built the lodge. Of course, now we run an outfitter um, program out of it and have all kind of corporate outings and everything under the sun. But um, that was the original reason why we built it. And if you don't know how to operate the dog, it, I mean, you, you, it's about like me getting in a space shuttle. I can't get it to move. So. Yeah. I know. And that was kind of hard for um, one of the girls like, that was running this last weekend is that she just, she, she just didn't have the respect of the dog because she didn't have the confidence in her position in that relationship, you know? And then of course they're just going to take advantage of it, but it's those good dogs that once you conquer that, that's where the magic happens. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, 
Oh, just to have a trainer care enough to to coach you to get those skills. Like it puts you on cloud nine that you never come down from. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the ride. You know, everybody, gosh, I want my dog running a 400 yard blind through old falls and through old scent through decoys, but enjoy the process. Enjoy the, the leash work at the beginning. Enjoy the, the obedience training, everything from A to Z and the people that really soak that in and I can get that message across from it's fun. It's, it's enjoyable and you can enjoy the whole process. Everybody just wants to go out there and win. But if I had any advice to give, enjoy the whole process. So are you guys doing weddings down there too still? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we do weddings. We do a lot of corporate outings. We have two lodges now. Um, several other, um, buildings that act as, um, social halls as, um, gatherings for corporate outings where you can do meetings and seminars and training lessons. And we have big 85 inch TVs that are smart TVs that are linked to your computer where you can teach, um, what we do we, we give, um, dog lessons, shooting lessons. Um, we, we duck pheasant quail, um, chucker the the hog hunts we we try to do a little bit of it all we we got a pro shop now but the the weddings we we do it we we limit it to a few months a year because we have so many much more activities that are outdoor activities that follow suit with by like what you said earlier um do what you know how to do and um i'm not much of a wedding planner but um i i know the outdoors and that, that that's what we try to strive to to keep doing around here well, I know that your place, your lodge, is probably a number one wedding destination for a hunting couple. Oh, I, I would say so. Yes, ma'am. We have 38 queen beds. Everybody's got their own shower. Um, we have the dog house, which is, acts as a uh, rehearsal reception area. Um, we call it the dog house. Um, and it, it it's a it's a new amenity that we just added. We we, it's 4,000 square foot. Our um, pro shop's 4,000 square foot. We just built a brand new 9,000 square foot lodge in the back property for more exclusive um, groups that want to be isolated. Uh, we put in a sporting clay course. People can come I know, out. I'm and, excited about that one. Yeah, they can come out and train their pup. And, um, you know, when their pup's resting, they can they can do a, um, shoot around a sporting clay. So we're excited. We're making a big uh, growth push. And um just super excited, excited about people like yourself always supporting us and spreading the word. And we 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 appreciate everybody that's always supported us and um keep pushing. I know. Okay, so one big question that I always ask on here, and I can't wait for your southern opinion of this, but to you, what does the heart of the all-American wing shooter look like? Say it one more time. To you, what does the heart of the all-American wing shooter look like? The heart? The heart. What does that mean to you? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I mean, um, if you're talking about the person, the heart, um, the heart, the heart of a wing shooter, as far as a person, um, I would say, I would say about like any outdoorsman, you know, dog lover, dog people, um, they're, they're all, 
I've never met a bad one. I mean, a, a true dog lover and a wing shooter there. They love the outdoors, love our, our country, are crazy about um, people, relationships, making people happy, doing the right thing, um, picking up a piece of trash on the side of the road, making our country beautiful, making our um, this a better place to live. Our, our, uh, they love kids. They love um they love dogs. And I mean, dog lovers, I don't, I don't meet a bad, a bad guy, a bad lady in the dog world. I mean, if you're a nut about dogs, most time you're, you're a pretty good person. That doesn't mean that I don't have disagreements with them and have different opinions or different views. But, um, at the end of the day, I think all of our, um, what our goals are pretty much the same is to, to do the right thing and to, to, to love dogs, love people and, um, big hearted people, good people. Um, as far as, um, if you were speaking of the heart of wing shooting, where it's at, um, I would say that would be out West. Um, not, it's definitely not in Georgia. I have tried to, <laughs> I, I, have, I, have, I have tried to create that place in Southeast Georgia because, um, this is home for me. This is where I love to be. And, um, this is where my friends and family are, but, um, that's why we have created muscle pond outfitters right here. But, um, I am so envy and jealous. And when I, when I go out West and, but it, it makes it more special. If I lived out there, it wouldn't be as special. When I go out there, I'm like a kid in a candy shop. So I am too. I love the Midwest when you can just go, just either you start in this, well, start in the South and head North or start up North and head South and just hit five or six States in a season. And it's, it just builds memories that nothing can replace. Like you can't replace it. But the, the heart of the all American wing shooters is what I wanted to share on this podcast is why I started it. There's so many people like you. I, I don't even remember how we got connected originally. It's almost like, since I got into the dog world, maybe it was Georgia um, Ducks Unlimited that introduced I think, us. I think so. we, we, we're, we do a lot, um, probably about eight or nine chapters um, here in Georgia. Um, we donate a lot of puppies, donate a lot of um, um, hunting trips, fishing trips. Um, I was on the phone this morning with the same thing. I, I think that it's something that we need to stand behind. It's getting more difficult and harder to, to find places to hunt, to hunt, um, rules and regulations. And if we don't stand behind big organizations like this that are fighting to keep our hunting rights, then, um, we're not going in the right direction. So, um, I, that, that's what I remember. I remember through. Yeah, me too. And so this, I just wanted to put my whole community in one place. I felt like I had all these friends and all these cool people that were involved in our industry in so many different facets, but they were scattered. And I'm like, I just, I just want to enjoy everybody in one place and then help network through that because we all need each other. That's right. Oh, we, we definitely got to stick together and keep pushing in the right direction. And, um, let people, let people that aren't educated on what we do. And I think the people, people that are against it is because they don't have knowledge on what we do. Um, I mean, conservationists doing the right thing. If it wasn't for us, um, it would be a, it would be all of the game would be overpopulated 
and it would be it would not be pretty. The if if you do it the right way, and you truly are out there to be a conservationist, um, then it, it's a blessing for our future, our future of hunting, our and our the next generation to come. Well, I know anybody that's against what we do. If they spent one day with one of your trainers around <laughs> mossy pond dog, not just it it curled up at their feet wanting to be petted, but watching its talents, watching its skills, being wowed by what it can do and what it wants to do. And then just understanding the standard of, of your operation, that would change the heart, not the mindset or not the opinion, but it would change the heart of people. Sure. And yeah, that, that's what we try to do here. And we get all kind of walks of life here. There's a lot of people that come and shoot sporting clays that aren't dog people or dog people that don't, don't like to kill animals. And, um, because they're, um, but to, to educate people, it's just like me walking into a room full of, um, people that are in a different profession that I don't know after they share their knowledge with me and open my eyes to what they really do, you know, but I think a lot of people just don't have the knowledge and that's why we're open arms here at Mossy Pond. We welcome everybody. We want anybody that will come onto the property to um, come in. We're going to treat you like family. We're going to show you what we do, show you what we're about and who we are. And um, that makes me wake up every morning with a smile on my face. Who, who am I going to get to meet today? What relationship am I going to get to build and teach and give knowledge about the outdoors, whether it be with a dog or wing shooting or whatever it may be. Yeah. Well, I hate we didn't get to like really get into like dog stuff you know i get geeked out about training tips and all these kind of things but i think it's just important that people realize the relationships that they build if they commit to a pro trainer and there's so many people that don't understand what that really means it just sounds expensive from the beginning but it's going to enrich their entire lifespan with their dog in so many different ways to just have the connections with your other clients in your kennel, oh my gosh, they're going to end up with all these friends with, with more duck hunting places. And, you know, I mean, it just grows exponentially and, and it's really hard to even describe what you get out of getting connected to a kennel. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is, um, they don't know what a dog's true limitations and what they can really do the people don't know. I mean, even dog trainers don't know. Um, you know, I talk about him all the time. My mentor, Hugh Arthur, um, I had a idea in my head, what a great dog, a built dog looked like. And when he came on and helped me, he helped me for seven years. Um, it opened my eyes and I was a dog trainer at the time. So, um, at that time when he started helping me, I already had 700 master passes and looking back on it, I, that was about 20% of my knowledge of what I know about dog training now. And before he started helping me after the fact is when I really became a dog trainer. And if I feel that that's why I'm so patient with my customers. If I was that way, you know, before he started helping me, I can only imagine a guy that all he's ever had was to um, have a dog as a pet or have the dog around the house, you know, they don't know what 
that dog is capable of doing and to show them that and to say, Hey, your dog can do this. And I bring out a finished dog said he's really capable of doing this with time and efforts and doing it the right way. So as far as getting with a pro trainer, you know, get with somebody that's got accolades and has been doing it a while and produced good results, but there's nothing better that you can possibly do. And don't get me wrong, just like any profession, there's guys out there that are making money off of it. They're not doing it the right way, but um, there are plenty of the good guys out there. And we get a bad rap sometimes from some bad dog handlers, but um, do your research, find somebody that's replicable and that you can find and um, can help you out with your pup. And you will, it makes a dog the most pleasurable thing to be around for the next 10, 12 years of your life. Oh yeah. Just the memories you make. Like I could come down and watch y'all train dogs all day long, like totally, um, out where my welcome. (laughs) You're welcome here. (laughs) So, and and it is just so much fun and, and it's addictive. It's addictive for, to be a part of that rush when you really can't wait to get up before the sun comes up, get your dog chores done so you can get to the fun stuff. And then you realize, Holy smokes, the sun's going down. That's it's eight o'clock and we're out here, you know, still running watermarks and having such a good time, um, doing it all because it's a team effort. Like you can't train a dog by yourself and be effective. And so then it's not just the relationship with the dog, but it's the relationship of your team that gets so excited about the same mission. And I just, I love it. I love the aspect that the dog brings to the hunting world. It would not be the same without it. No, it's everything to me. I don't, I don't hunt without a dog. I mean, I, I, I'm passionate about the outdoors and I love, I love camping. I love anything fishing, but you will rarely see me even on the fishing boat without a dog. If I'm, if I'm going to be in the outdoors and I, I'm crazy about my kids, I have four kids and, um, they're, they're always around, but dogs are always around too. And when, when they're, when they're trained and they'll listen to me and I don't want a robot, I want him to have his own personality and him be a good boy. But, um, if I ask him to do something, he's also going to do it. I so. know. My kids will tell me you care more about those dogs than you do us. I'm like, I guess my, my screensaver is me and my doggy. (laughs) Yeah, it is fun. Well, I'm so glad that we finally got connected because you've always been a big deal behind the scenes to me and cheering me along. And I have made myself at home down there and my oldest daughter's been down there by herself and, we, we really do support you. You just seem a world away, even though we're in the same state. I really, that's the only thing that's so bad or we'd see you all the time. That's right. Well, life's busy and I know y'all stay busy, 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 busy. That's why you're so successful, but you're always welcome in my place and anybody listening, um, reach out. We, we, we'll, we'll welcome you with open arms and anybody's welcome here at Mossel Pond. We want to spread our knowledge, um, um, spread what we know about dogs, spread what we know about the outdoors and want people to come and enjoy it with us. That's why we built it. It wasn't for ourselves. It's for everybody else. Oh, I love that. And I've always felt welcome there. Well, thanks Brad for coming on and sharing about the mission of Mossy Pond, the heart of Mossy Pond. And I love highlighting the Mossy Pond dog. Thank you so much for the opportunity of coming on. And if we can do anything for you at Mossy Pond, reach out and give us a call and you and the kids come see us. We will. Grandma's in the key.
Papa gave daddy and daddy gave to me 